The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. I can still recall the day when Jesus saved my soul, when His blessed Holy Spirit came and took control. I trusted in His precious blood, my sin to atone, and I started And the topic of the message this morning, I've entitled it, Lessons from the Bones of Joseph. I believe there's some truths that we can learn from Genesis chapter 50, verses 24 through 26, as we discuss the bones of Joseph. Let me read verses 24 through 26, and then we'll ask God's blessing on our time together, and then we'll dive into this message. It says in Genesis chapter 50, verse 24, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you, and bring you out of this land unto the land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died, being an hundred and ten years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. And So let me talk to you a little bit about the bones of Joseph this morning that we find in verse 25. Let's pray. Father, We've asked you already to meet with us, and it's, it's our desire that that transpires. I can get up here and say a bunch of words, but it's not going to change a heart unless you're involved, unless it comes from your Holy Spirit. So Father, I pray that you would be with me and that you would guide every word. And then Father, guide these that are here this morning as they listen. May the words be received through the Spirit and that you would work in hearts where only you can work and that lives will be changed this morning, decisions would be made that would glorify you and that those that right now may be lost and undone, uncertain of their eternal destiny, that in a few short moments, as they hear the Word of God proclaimed, may they come to the knowledge of Jesus as Savior. And then, Father, as we've said before, help us be very careful to give You all the honor, glory, and praise. For we know that You will not share Your glory with anyone. So help us this morning. Meet with us. Change us. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, bones scientifically are a fascinating, uh, a fascinating topic, and many of you, because of certain things that are on media, have been educated on what bones can tell 
you about a person, on average, a, a young child will have over 300 bones in their body, and by the time you get to be a big person like most of us are today, uh, as an adult, there's an average of around 206 bones uh, in a human adult body. You say, well, why is the reduction? Is because when we're born, not all of our bones are fused together, and with the process of time, uh, certain bones are fused together, so if you have two bones when you're a child, and they fuse together, then ultimately they're one. So still, that's a fascinating, uh, a fascinating number to have over 206 on average bones in our body that can speak enormously, uh, at least medically. The biggest bone in most uh, bodies, it's not the mouth bone or the jaw bone for some, uh, some might argue that, but uh, husbands and wives may say that's the biggest bone in their, in their spouse's body. But the biggest bone in the human body is the femur, which is your thigh bone, which is connected to the shin bone, and you can sing that song. I don't know if that's anatomically correct, all the, the song, uh, but the femur is the biggest bone, and the smallest bone in the body is called the stapes. And uh, in your middle ear, you have three small bones, and one of those is called the stapes, and uh, it's the smallest bone on average in a human body. And nowadays, uh, they can go in surgically and remove those little bones in the, in the middle ear and uh, put uh, prosthetic ones in, and sometimes that can give a person... Uh, better hearing, if that's the problem with their hearing. But nonetheless, bones are a fascinating topic, and through certain shows that have been out with criminal investigation, there are certain things that bones can tell you. Uh, if you find a skull, which I hope you don't, but uh, if you happen to come across one, uh, the occipital notch, which is the bulging part in the back of your head, uh, part of your occipital bone, it's called the occipital notch, is much larger in a man uh, than in a woman. That's why ladies have the scientific ability to say that we have thicker heads uh, for us guys. I hate to say that against my own kind, uh, but it's scientifically proven. But um, when you look at the bones, as we're going to look at the bones of Joseph today and learn from these bones... Uh, there are many disease processes that uh, bones can tell uh, those in the medical field a lot about what's going on. Uh, if you've ever had, and I don't recommend you having this done, but if you had to have it done, a, a, a bone marrow biopsy, uh, it can be very painful to have that done. I've performed over a thousand of them in my training, uh, but they're very painful, but they can tell an enormous amount of information in regards to what's going on in a person's blood system, what's going on in their body. Also, plain x-rays. Uh, if you get an x-ray, uh, you can tell if a bone has been fractured. And because of how the body will heal a fracture, you can kind of guesstimate to a degree on how long ago was the fracture. Is this one that just happened recently? Or is it one that is of chronic or chronic in nature? And just a bunch of other things 
that the bones can can tell a person. Uh, there are certain things I can throw up an x-ray of the uh, ribs or of the chest, and there can be certain findings throughout the ribs. Uh, if they're present, they can lead me uh, to investigate maybe that you have a, cer a certain disease process going on, and uh, it can obviously benefit the patient. And so, in saying all of that, we're going to look at the bones of Joseph this morning because they are specifically mentioned in the Word of God several times, and we're going to look at that because his bones are mentioned in verse 25. Let me read it again. Uh, it says, And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you. And here's the statement. And ye shall carry up my bones from hence. And so what we're looking at now, as we look at the life of Joseph, uh, we're looking at the end of his life. Joseph had an awesome life of faith. As you look at it, Joseph is looked at from Genesis 37 through the end of the book, which is the 50th chapter. So there are 14 chapters out of the Word of God that specifically uh, dictate about the life of Joseph. And if you look at other people in the Bible, God giving given 14 chapters of the Word of God to this man that is an enormous amount of Word of God that speaks about one man. But we understand that uh, Joseph had that great faith, that life of faith. Uh, a life that really, according to the Word of God, does not demonstrate any failure in his life. You think about the life of Joseph. You think about the love that Jacob, his father, had for his son and that he gave him a coat of many colors. You think about his life when he was hated by his brothers, and how that hatred led them into desiring to actually kill him, but it ultimately led them into selling him into slavery. As you know the story of Joseph's life, he was sold into slavery, brought to Egypt, he was uh, purchased by Potiphar. Uh, he grew in stature in Potiphar's house. Uh, but then uh, Potiphar's wife, uh, who was probably notorious uh, for uh, ungodly living, uh, fixated on Joseph. And I like to say this, Joseph may have lost his coat, but he never lost his character. He lost his coat because she ripped it from him. But praise God, he never lost his character. And then after that, Joseph is thrown into prison for multiple years. He's forgotten uh, by the butler uh, for a few years. And then ultimately, he is uh, risen up in power in the land of Egypt by the hand of God uh, to basically second in command be, 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 uh, behind Pharaoh. And so... We could spend weeks talking about the life of Joseph. There is so much rich information that we could glean from his life. But today, I'm not going to talk about his life. We're going to talk about his death. And I think Pastor has hammered this 
wonderfully into our heads is that we must not only live right, but may we die right. May we not only start right and stay right, but may we finish right. Or as pastor will say, may we finish well. And that's what Joseph did. Joseph started right. He stayed right. And he ended his life right. I'd like you to take your Bibles, keep your finger or a mark in Genesis chapter 50, because we're going to go back, but go to Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Because in Hebrews 11, known as the hall of faith for believers, Joseph is mentioned. Now, if you were the Holy Spirit, you're guiding the writer of Hebrews on what to write about the life of Joseph. You could write about the pit that he was thrown into. Uh, you could write about uh, Potiphar, the, the existence in Potiphar's house and how he resisted strong, sensual temptation on a consistent basis, I believe. You could talk about his time in prison and how God blessed in an adverse situation. You could talk about the palace where he reigned behind Pharaoh. But the Holy Spirit, I find it fascinating, in the Hall of Faith, Hebrews 11, in verse 22, out of all that the Holy Spirit could write about the life of Joseph, look what he writes about. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. I mean, do you not agree that there could be several more verses about the life of Joseph? Now, obviously not questioning God's wisdom, but just saying, logically, there was so much to choose from for God to put in Hebrews 11, but the Holy Spirit led the writer of Hebrews to talk about the bones of Joseph. And I believe that in this, there are some lessons for us to learn as we are going to follow the bones of Joseph from Egypt to the promised land. The first thing I'd like to mention this morning that I would like to share with you from the bones of Joseph is found in verse 24, where Joseph tells his brethren, he says, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die. The first thing that I would like to mention to you this morning is the frailty of life. The frailty of life. You know, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, that it is appointed unto man once to die. And the bones of Joseph cry out to me and to you in regards to the frailty of life. Because all of us in this auditorium this morning we will have a day when you pass away, save the rapture. 
And our lives one day will end and we will face God. And I pray that when you face God, that you will face Him as your Savior, not as your judge. But that you'll meet Him face to face as your lovingly gracious, merciful Savior that will usher you into heaven to be with Him forever. But as we look at the frailty of life and how the bones of Joseph cry out to all of us this morning about the frailty of life, we must realize we have one life to give to God. Just one life to give to God. One opportunity to serve God. And may all of us this morning seize that opportunity. There may be wasted days of your life. My friends, that's in the past. May we seize the opportunity this morning because of the frailty of life and serve God passionately starting right now. None of us obviously know our time to go. And so may we start today realizing the frailty of life and seize the opportunity to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Seize the opportunity to start reading the Word of God. Seize the opportunity to listen to the Word of God. Seize the opportunity to start praying, to be more faithful to the services, to start witnessing, to start handing out tracts, to start living according to the standards of the Word of God because we only have one life to give to God. We only have one opportunity to give our lives to God on this side of eternity. And may we seize the opportunity this morning. We really need more people like Joseph. Because as I said, there's no recorded failure in his life that the Bible tells us. Now we know that Joseph is not perfect. He is just like you and I. But his life overall, big picture looking at his life, was a, a life of victory in his God. And as he dies, and as he tells his brethren, remember my bones. Don't leave my bones in Egypt. Carry my bones with you and take them to the promised land. His bones cry out to us about the frailty of life. You know, in James chapter 4, verse 14, it tells us that life is a vapor. And most of you can testify to this, that you can look and see how fast life has passed. I remember, uh, it'll be 17 years ago, August 22nd, that our third child was born. And Linda and I were talking about it yesterday. And I told her that I can vividly remember that day, basically the entire day and what transpired. The day started around 2 o'clock in the morning uh, in the process of delivering our youngest. But as we, Linda and I talked about that yesterday, it's been 17 years. And I'm telling you that as I think about it, it she was born on a Saturday, it seems like it was just last Saturday. 
And 17 years have gone by. I know I'm 50. I know I don't look it, and I appreciate your, your, I appreciate your compliment and kind words. But it fascinates me that those years have come and gone. And to an extent, how sobering it is to realize how fast time has gone by and that it will continue to go by that way. So may we seize the opportunity to serve our Lord today. Today, read the Bible. Today, pray. Today, be faithful to the services. Today, if opportunity arises, uh, witness and hand out tracts. Today, uh, to live a sanctified, separated life under God our Father. The bones of Joseph cry out to us about the frailty of life. Secondly, if you look back in verse 24 again, the bones of Joseph cry out about the faithfulness of our God. It says again in verse 24, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die and... And is a conjunction meaning continuing function. And so, the Word of God is telling us that even after Joseph is passed off the scene, God will continue to work His will in this life, and He will do the same after you and I are gone. God will still be working. God's work will not end when I pass away or you pass away. God's work will accomplish what it is set out to accomplish. Whether I'm here or not, that is the faithfulness of God that His promises are going to be, have been fulfilled, and will be fulfilled in the future. That God will be faithful. God is telling that us, he told the nation of Israel that even after Joseph passed away, that God would still be faithful to the nation of Israel. Because when I fall short, God still gets the job done. God will get the job done. Joseph, according to verse 26, was buried uh, like royalty. It says, so Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. This uh, tells us that he was buried like royalty, probably set in a place of prominence for approximately 200 years. His body and his bones rested until Exodus 13. And I'd like you to turn there. This is the next step where we find the bones of Joseph. And in Exodus 13, keeping your finger in Genesis 50, it says in Exodus 13, verse 18 and 19, but God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And here it is. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. 
For he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, it doesn't this sound familiar, God will surely visit you, and he shall carry up my bones away hence with you. So obviously, Moses knew where the bones of Joseph were. Moses knew that he must take the bones of Joseph with the children of Israel. So think about it. Several hundred years after Joseph passes away, the life of Joseph is touching the life of Moses. And even today, the life and the death of Joseph is touching our lives as we study it this morning. And I want my life to touch more than just one or two. I want people, when I pass, whenever it might be, is to say, there's the man whose God was faithful. That even though this man or this lady has passed, their God hasn't passed. That their God is still alive and well. That their God is still proclaiming the gospel message of Jesus. That their God is fulfilling His promises. That their God is still coming back. That their God is going to rapture the church. Their God is going to come back a second time. Their God's going to set up a millennial reign. Their God is going to throw the devil, the boogeyman, into the bottomless pit for a thousand years and then ultimately into the lake of fire. I want that to be said of me. I pray that it will be said of you that this man, this woman's God was faithful, is faithful, and will continue to be faithful. That's what the bones of Joseph cry out. The faithfulness of our God. You think about it. Think about the journey the bones of Joseph took. We, we think about the children of Israel. How they left Egypt. How they approached the Red Sea. And then by the mighty hand of God, the Red Sea was parted. And the children of Israel went through the Red Sea. They went, into, uh, Mount, they went to Mount Sinai. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They went over Jordan as God miraculously parted Jordan like He parted the Red Sea. And all along the way are the bones of Joseph crying out, God is faithful. That's what the bones of Joseph cry out today. And I want my life, I pray that you want your life to give testimony that God is faithful. That this man's God showed up. That this man's God showed up. So, the bones of Joseph cry out to us about the frailty of life. And may we seize opportunity today to give our life to God. Secondly, the bones of Joseph cry out that our God is a faithful God. Thirdly, the bones of Joseph cry out about the faith of Joseph himself. Going back to Genesis chapter 50, uh, verse 24 and 25. Let me read verse 24 again. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, frailty of life, and that conjunction of continuing function, that God is faithful. He says, God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. The word there in verse 24, I die and God will 
that word surely is a strong word. It's not if or when, but when he makes that statement that I die and God will surely visit you, he is saying to the people of Israel that this is a sure thing. There's no doubt, no hesitation, no if, ands, or buts, but this surely, this will come to pass. And I ask you this morning, how is your faith in your God this morning? What are you believing God for this morning? Joseph, in his awesome life of victory, had faith that went beyond him. He had faith, and I pray that you want this type of faith this morning that will affect your marriage. That will affect your children. A faith that will affect your grandchildren. A faith that will affect your family and your friends. A faith that is bigger than life itself. That's where we need to be. Having that faith in our God. Faith that will change us, but faith that is so big in our God that it bleeds over to our marriage, to our family, to our friends, to our ministries, all that we're involved in, that our faith is able in our God to reach out and touch others like the faith that Joseph had in his God. You know, you look at the faith of Joseph and the source of his faith was the Word of God. Now, he didn't have the written Word of God like we do today, but he did have the promises of God. And the promises of God that he had, he had faith in. And we know according to Romans 10.17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So for us to gain greater faith, we must saturate our lives with the Word of God. That's the source of Joseph's faith. And if your faith is faltering this morning, if your faith needs strengthening this morning, may you commit yourself to find yourself more in the Word of God. Not only the source of Joseph's faith, but the strength of his faith reached his children, reached Moses, reached Israel over hundreds of years, and as I've already said, is his faith, the faith that Joseph had in his God, is still affecting lives because we're talking about them this morning. And not only the source of his faith, and the strength of his faith, but the scope of his faith is that Joseph believed God could do something big in his life. And God, I believe, wants to do something big in your life. It may not be numerically big, but he wants to do something spiritually significant in your life. 
so that your faith in your God will not only affect you individually, but it will branch out and wrap its arms around your spouse, your children, your family, your friends, your ministry. He said, surely God will visit you. That's what he says in Genesis chapter 50, verse 24. And did God visit? Yes, he did. God visited the children of Israel, and God had Moses, raised Moses up to lead the nation of Israel out of bondage, out of Egypt. But I also believe in Genesis chapter 50, verse 24 through 26, this is not only talking about God visiting the children of Israel in their captivity in Egypt, but I believe it can be looked at prophetically that God will visit us and God has visited us in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is God. He's the Son of God. He is God. He is divine. He is holy and righteous. The only Savior that we can have to usher us into heaven. Now, take your Bibles. This is the next part where Joseph's bones are noted in Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. Remembering that God will surely visit you, and He did with the nation of Israel as he brought Moses in to lead them to the promised land. Now that they're in the promised land, because remember, uh, in Exodus 13, as the children of Israel left, they took the bones of Joseph with them, and Joseph went through the Red Sea, went through the wilderness, went through the Jordan River as it was parted, as Jericho fell, the bones of Joseph were there somewhere in the camp. But in Joshua 24, and verse 32, it says now, And the bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel brought up out of Egypt, buried they in Shechem, in a parcel of ground which Jacob bought of the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of silver, and it became the inheritance of the children of Israel. So the bones of Joseph, they go through the Red Sea, go through the wilderness wanderings, they pass through the, the split Jordan River, they're in the camp of Israel as Israel defeats Jericho and Ai, and then as they come to the land of Shechem, that was given to Joseph, and that is where the children of Israel bury the bones of Joseph. Now, understanding the bones of Joseph now rest in Shechem. Take your Bibles to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. This is the story of the woman at the well. Jesus witnesses to this lady. 
she gets saved and becomes a great witness for the Lord. But look in John chapter 4, verse 5. Then cometh he, which is Jesus, to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar. Sychar is another name for Shechem. So what's that Shechem? The bones of Joseph. So they came he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, or Shechem, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. So here we have it. In this awesome story of soul winning, where Jesus meets a woman that pictures all of us in our sin, and she is led to Jesus Christ as Savior, in the background of that wonderful story of salvation, you can hear in the background the bones of Joseph crying out, Surely God will visit you, and He did in Jesus Christ. The bones of Joseph. They're in the background of this wonderful story in John 4. There they are, close by, as Jesus leads this lost woman to Himself for salvation. So, may I say, surely God has visited us. And it's in His Son, Jesus Christ. And as this woman, in John 4, she had a very tainted past, to say the least. It doesn't matter what your past has been. You need to meet Jesus. Jesus can change you. Jesus can take your spirit which is dead and make it alive. As the Bible says, that's called being born again. And that can happen this morning as you realize your sinful state and the payment of that is on that sin. But Jesus loved us, died for us, shed His blood for us, was buried for us, and rose again three days later. And my friends, He's at the right hand of God right now, making intercession for us. And you, if you're without Jesus today, the bones of Joseph, as they did in John 4, they cry out today, God's visited us in Jesus. Would you please come to Him and accept Him as Savior today? But dear children of God, the bones of Joseph also cry out about the frailty of life. A few weeks ago, a colleague of mine, internal medicine, her and her family took a trip to Connecticut. She flew back before the family on a Sunday at the age of 46 flew back before the family so she could go to work on Monday. And when she didn't show up 
at work on Monday, the police went to her house and found her brutally murdered. She was not expecting that. She was expecting to get up Monday morning and go to work. The frailty of life. And may we seize, please, I beg of you, seize every opportunity to serve God. Passionately serve Him. Lovingly serve Him. Let your children see your love for God. Let others see your love for God. And the bones of Joseph not only cry out to us children of God about the frailty of life, they also cry out about how faithful our God is. God is faithful. He is and will fulfill His promises. And the bones of Joseph cry out about his own faith in God. And I pray today all of us in this room that call Jesus our Savior, would ask God to strengthen our faith and that we'll find ourselves consistently in the Word of God. Bones can tell us a lot of things. But the bones of Joseph are a little special to me. Because they not only, obviously, scientifically, tell us a lot, I'm sure, but they cry out with spiritual lessons. Lessons from the bones of Joseph. I pray that as you have received the lessons from the bones of Joseph, that today you'll learn from those lessons, apply those lessons, and may all of us have a stronger faith and a more passionate desire to serve our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for this time. I thank You for the life of Joseph and what it means to me and what it means to so many here, I'm sure. Help us learn from these lessons today. Help us learn from the lessons that the bones of Joseph cry out. And Father, I pray that if there is a young person, a child, an adult in this auditorium that is uncertain of their eternal destiny, they're just not sure, may they realize that God has visited us in Your Son Jesus. And that they can find salvation this morning if they will come to Jesus by faith. Please work in lives this morning. Help us make good, healthy, spiritual decisions that would encourage us to live a life that would be pleasing to You. Please, just work in our hearts and our minds. Glorify Yourself this morning. And thank You for Your Word. For we ask these things in Christ's holy and precious name. Amen. If you would, stand. All the praise belongs to Him who died on Calvary. Jesus gave His life a ransom that we could be free. O oh, sinner, come to Him today.